0: You're listening to the Resolute Men Podcast. We have conversations with men who share how putting their faith into action has changed their lives and has empowered them to impact others. Now, on to today's episode.
1: I had the privilege to interview Jeff Dio on the Resolute Men Podcast. Jeff is a worship leader, songwriter, author, blogger, speaker, as well as a professor he is the founder of Worship City Ministries and is internationally known as the former lead singer of the Grammy-nominated Dove Award-winning worship band Sonic Flood. He's one of the worship pastors at Celebration Church and holds the high honor of being a full-time facility member at North Central University in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He has been happily married to his wife and college sweetheart, Martha, and they have four beautiful children, Roman, Evan, Channing, and Clara. Jeff and I have great discussions in regards to what it means to, as men, to live with integrity, as well as worshiping God and being in His presence, even outside the walls of what we call an institutional church. Jeff is passionate. I'm sure you're going to love this conversation that we have. I know it's changed me in many ways and opened my eyes to many things. So hopefully you'll enjoy this interview with Jeff Deo.
0: I'm very excited to have Jeff Deo on the Resolute Men podcast. Jeff, man, I, I tell you, I really appreciate your time coming on today, brother. I mean, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I've been following you and your music and, and uh, you know, your books. Obviously, obviously, we're going to talk about it, you know, Awakening Pure Worship. I'm, I'm I'm in this book and I really love it, man. So I just want to say thank you for being on the podcast today.
2: Thanks, Rob, man. It's great to be on. I love doing this stuff. It's just part of my life and I love any opportunity like this to be on your podcast, to be able to share, encourage,
0: challenge, all that stuff. We need each other. So thanks for the opportunity. No brother. Anytime, man. So i like to have a little fun with this kind of get to know, you know, there's an interview and, uh, I figured you, you seem like a kind of guy that would kind of play along with this game. So we call (laughs) it the triple play around and, and I just wanted to kind of dive into a couple of questions here. Uh, and one of them being this, which band or musician has been your favorite of all time? Oh
2: man. Uh, some good ones, but I'll just throw in like DC talk, man. Back in the awesome. day, I just loved me some DC talk. So that's a blast.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, I know. I love, I love it. And uh, uh, a lot of that early stuff was fantastic, but all of it in between was so good. And Toby Mack is an amazing musician, right? And, you know, exactly. and, uh, just good stuff, man. So, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, you know,
2: one that comes to mind would be uh, Proverbs 15.1. Like, you know, obviously it's in the Bible, but I've had people say, look, when it comes to marriage or relationships, a soft word always turns away wrath. It turns mm. away anger. So you find yourself in an argument with somebody and usually it's like, boom, boom, louder, 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 louder. You know, everybody keeps going up a notch, right? And right. it feels like with that verse, Proverbs 15, one, that the first person to go under and bring the volume down changes uh, the complexity of the argument and brings everything soft and said, look, hey, man, you know, I know we disagree, but I love you care about you, man. So uh, let's let's just, you know, let's start over or whatever, you know, so that's one of the best piece of advice I've ever been given.
0: Oh, man, that's fantastic advice, to be honest with you, you know, and what better advice to get from scripture to begin with. So fantastic stuff, man. So what book, movie or uh, something that you've seen recently would you recommend and why? Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Let's see. I'll give you a book and a movie book. uh, This is an old book, but changed my life. Uh, Knowledge of the Holy from Mm. A.W. Tozer. Just incredible, incredible book. Uh, You got to You got to kind of lean in a little bit because it's kind of heady, but man, it's worth it. It just gets you thinking. I don't know. I kind of like thinking about the deep things of God, like why we're here and what the purpose is and all that stuff. And and uh, that book just really hits it. And then uh, my favorite movie recently. It's kind of weird because I don't know. Anyways, I love superhero movies and uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, man. It was just killer uh you know you hate to say this on a a men's podcast but bring it and a couple spots here at the end you just couldn't help but fear the feel the tears coming They just developed the characters so well man and people are dying and people from past movies are showing up and it's like oh my goodness oh wow man (laughs) they did such a great job man developing that movie so uh i loved it
0: that's awesome you know i'm not i've never been into like the superhero movies a lot but the Spider-Man stuff was always something that intrigued me, so I, I did see uh, a lot of the the early stuff and I did hear some, there were some twists and turns in with this one, so maybe maybe I'll have to check that out,
2: man. Dude, I will say this too. The one uh, the one before it, I forget what it's called, but it had one of the best twists in a movie that I've seen in a long time. Like you wow they just get you going along. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, you're like, you mean that guy and that person, what, you know, I mean, just <laughs> one of those, like literally we were talking out loud in the theater, looking at each other, like what, <laughs> what just <laughs> happened? So somehow those dudes, they, they're, when they're working on Spider-Man, somehow they just seem to get it right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they must man, because that is one of the ones that, that does intrigue me quite a bit. So that, that that's great stuff. So, uh, Hey, we're going to dive into your book, Awakening Pure Worship, that you wrote. I am going to get into some of that stuff. But first, I want you to take a moment, to kind of share a little bit about yourself and what's going on, uh, a little bit about anything, family, whatever you feel led to share today, brother.
2: Absolutely. Well, you know, so what's cool is this month, Rob, I am celebrating, my wife and I are celebrating our 30th year wedding anniversary that's awesome no, man hard to believe man. hard to believe i remember when we were married for six years and i thought wow yeah. that's a long time You <laughs> know, but 30 years man may 23rd so martha has been my sweetheart from college um we're getting a doing a little getaway uh, in a couple of weeks all just beautiful. by ourselves you know just go hang out together and we, we love the outdoors so we like hiking and and all that type of stuff so Uh, We're going to go do some of that stuff. Um, You know, as far as my career and stuff, I'll also mention uh, my four amazing kiddos. Uh, I've got, man, it's crazy, Rob. This year, uh, we actually had four different schools for our four different kids. We had one in college. He's 19. His name's Roman. Uh, Then we had one in as a senior in high school who's 17. That's Evan. And then we have one in middle school. It's Channing, who's 11. And then we have one in elementary school. That's Clara. She just turned 10. Wow. So Everybody's going different directions. Nobody's going together. Mom's doing a taxi thing. And I mean, it's crazy, but (laughs) I got, I got amazing kids. Uh, They love the Lord. Uh, You know, obviously none of us are perfect, but Mm. we have a great relationship. Uh, We spend a lot of time talking together and just talking about God, uh, Mm. studying the Bible together all those types of things, and it really makes a difference in our life. Uh, occasionally, we do get crazy and yell at each other. Of course, man. You have <laughs> all to. All that good stuff. But we also, we have a really important thing. I, I, I've taught my kids, and we're still working on it, you know, but uh, to say three words, I was wrong. There you <laughs> and go. Say, I'm sorry, you know, that type of thing. Those are hard words to say, right? It's like, yes. I was so it's hard to get out sometimes but i just want to encourage any of those men out there you know it's it's really in fact that's be one of the best piece of advice i would give any man uh, when it comes to parenting is you know you your kids never expect to be perfect Mm. but they do expect you to repent or say you're sorry when you mess up and so i mess up sometimes with my kids sure and it's humbling but i have to go to them and say look guys i'm sorry dad messed up i shouldn't have said that or i shouldn't have done that uh whatever it was and uh, man TV i'm telling TV. you you build more respect yeah. from your kids by admitting when you're wrong than anything else just about so pretty pretty amazing anyway so but have a great family uh, as far as my career you know a lot of guys if they would know me they might know me from back when i was in the band sonic flood uh back in 1999 released mm. that first album um you know some of the grace of god it kind of changed things in worship uh, kind of brought that rock sound together with the worship uh, thing. Which, you know, for me, I grew up with piano and organ in worship. So that, that didn't even make sense to me. But the Lord just uh, put this idea in our hearts and, and it really blew up there in 1999. And then I continued as a worship artist for several years, but then uh, and, and a songwriter and all that good stuff and then uh, moved to Minneapolis. I was in Nashville, Tennessee that whole time. Uh, but then moved to Minneapolis to teach at North Central University. It's a great school here uh, in downtown Minneapolis. I love the urban setting. Uh, We've got about 1,000 students. It's a liberal arts school. I teach in the College of Fine Arts, so teaching songwriting and worship leading. Uh, But people, you know, they come in and get just about any degree that they want to. Uh, It's a great, great school. So if you're out there and you're looking for someone somewhere where you can trust These days, you can't trust a lot of things that professors are saying, you know, that's right. uh, Where they're going to get a good education, but also have a godly foundation and be with godly friends. Man, I mean, unbelievable opportunities! So, North Central University that's northcentral.edu. So, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. As I teach full time, I still travel and I, I coach worship teams, I lead worship, uh, do writing sessions, seminars, all that type of thing. Uh, and then I'm also very part time on staff at my home church uh, as a worship pastor at Celebration Church here in Lakeville, Minnesota. So, and then as you mentioned, uh, author as well. I love, 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 love writing books. Mm. Uh, the one you mentioned is Awakening Pure Worship. Probably talk a little bit about that. Then I just released one called Spark as well. And I have a couple other things in the works. So, a lot going on. Today, I actually cut down uh, a tree in my backyard you. yeah nice. i bought a chainsaw because i've been i need needing to get one we just moved into a new house recently and we have a lot of trees and a tree broke off and so i had like it broke off way up high and so i had to cut the whole thing down me and my son got out there and bro we just tore it <laughs> up man there's nothing like having a power tool in your hand.
0: That's right, man. So you know what, Jeff, we can add that to your resume now is that you're an arborist, right? That's it, man. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try this at home. You know, that's right. That's awesome stuff, man. Hey, that's good guy stuff. So I know men appreciate hearing that, man. When you that's drop it. a, drop a tree, I get the power tools. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's great. You know, <laughs> you mentioned about your marriage and I'm right there with you, man. Cause, uh, It'd be May 26th. My wife and I'll be married 32 years. So wow. Wow. You guys must've got married when you were 12, huh? I'm 54 years old. So yeah, we, you know, I was, I was 22 when I got married. All right,
2: man, you and I are just two years apart. Uh, I was 22 as
0: well. I'm 52. So uh, (laughs) awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. I I wouldn't change it for the world, man. So good stuff, man. But, uh, Hey, let's dive on into this. So, um, I'm really excited about, you know, how, you know, your responses to this because, because of your passion and because of what you do uh, and because of what you wrote and just, just talking about men in general and and some of the things we struggle with. And and like I said, we're going to dive into this book, but uh, I first want to start off, um, you know, I think, you know, Jeff, I think there's a huge misunderstanding when, in regards to worship, you know, you being a worship leader, you have a great understanding and this really, really pours out of the book you wrote you know, we had this, and, and this is something I've been kind of going through this transition in my life right now, and and this is why I really wanted you on, because I'm like, I think Jeff and I are kind of like in the same zone here, because, right. you know, we, we, we think everything's got to be so formal, and it's got to be, oh, you only can worship on Sundays, and, and mm. it's got to be inside a church building, but, you know, but I think God wants so much more from us, and it's, and it's like, how do we get past this? I don't understand it, but, you know, the truth is we're all worshiping something or someone and we can worship God with our daily lives. And I kind of wanted you to kind of explain that, um, what you're, what you're seeing now differently than what you saw yesterday, yesterday being years ago, whatever it may be and how we worship. Absolutely.
2: Well, I mean, for me, you know, I I grew up really conservative as far as my church. I mean, I, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was four, which is one of the things I love about Christianity is that it's very deep, rich, complex, but even a four-year-old can understand the basics. You know, I need Jesus. I'm a sinner. I need a savior, you know? Uh, So I've been a Christian a long time, but I did grow up in a very conservative environment. I mentioned, you know, kind of had the organ and the piano, the choir up on the platform. We sang a couple of hymns standing up and a couple sitting down, you know, stanzas one, two, and four, never stanza three. I don't know if we're just trying to get through it quicker or what, but but for me, man, I never really understood that, that uh, in the musical worship context of things that you could actually have a connection with God. For me, it was very horizontal until Mm -hmm. later when the Lord showed me like, this is a horizontal thing with community, but also vertical where we connect directly with God through musical worship. But as you mentioned, worship is so much bigger than music. It's like, I never want to I never want to skip over the music por- right. portion because it really is important, and we could talk about why that's important as well. But worship is really like the musical worship portion is really meant to be something that flows out of your 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 daily worship life, mm. right? Like it's a response to your love for God in everyday life. So, like for example, everything we do, everything we say, everything we think is either an opportunity to worship God. Or to not worship God in the Mm. sense that whatever he's asked us to do, if we're obedient with that, uh, if he's directing us in certain things, if we're breaking his commandments in our day, in our daily life, obviously that is counterproductive to worship. It's not honoring God, it's dishonoring God. So every choice that we make in our life is a worshipful expression Mm. that shows, you know, who God is truly in our lives. Uh, the crazy thing is I like to talk about it in the sense that uh, we have a life song, you know I mean? You know, like I said, I am a, I'm a musician. I love singing. I love writing all that stuff, but, but it's so much more than that. And our, our life song, if you could take every thought word and deed and put it like in a notation, like in an orchestral like score or whatever, you know, everything I thought did and, and spoke, you know, it, it would have a sound to it. Our life has a sound that that really sings louder than any song we could ever sing in church.
0: Mm. Does, that,
2: does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, you know, what, what God is hearing, like, I don't think God is that impressed with our music. Mm. You know, I'm sure, I mean, He's got the angels in heaven up there. They're perfect all the time. I'm sure they've got, I mean, He created music. So I don't think He's that impressed with our music, our worship that comes through music. He enjoys it. He's asked us to do it, He commands us to do it. But I think our life makes a louder sound than our songs do. Mm. So, you know, it's one thing if we go into church and we sing all these songs, and then we go out of church and we live a life that's counter to what we're singing, that I think God is saying, you know what, I don't really want to hear your songs, because your life, you know, we know the Israelites, the the Bible says that the Israelites honored God with their lips, Mm. but their hearts Hearts. were far from it. So it's that same type of deal. It's like our actions speak louder than our words. I should say our lives speak louder or sing louder than our songs. Yeah. So, you know, to me, it's amazing. I mean, it's a little bit terrifying in a sense because you're like, wow, like God's really paying attention to everything. Yeah. I mean, I think he cares more about our everyday lives, which is I'm thankful for that. than he does even the musical expression. So the musical expression should really be an overflow of everything that's happening in our life
0: already. Oh man, it's good stuff. And, and you're right. And you know, there's, I think there's so much we miss, you know, and, we, and when we, when we, and, and, and you, and you say this in your book, and I don't even have this question listed here, but I, I really want to hit on this because you're talking about how we compartmentalize things. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that we compartmentalize work. We compartmentalize our activities we even compartmentalize God in that, well, that's Sunday morning. You know what I mean? And that totally. we don't, and, you know, we can't keep them confined, you know, yeah. and just I my mean, God saying, let me out of the box,
2: you yeah. know, man. I mean, where that comes from is I remember uh, my wife telling me about a conversation that my son and one of his friends had, it was a, a next door neighbor. They were in the car together and they're driving and they were talking about what they were going to dress up for, like for Halloween or something. And my son that year, he decided he wanted to be a cross, which it was totally his idea. He's like, he's like seven, I think. And uh, he wanted to be a cross and he was telling his friend and the friend was like, man, Roman, there's more to life than God. Or, you know, there's more, more to life than there, than God. And, and he's like, no, like God impacts everything. And what, what, what struck me when I heard that story is it feels like we have these vertical categories in our life. You know, you got finance, you got uh, entertainment, you got work, you got uh, family, you got all these different categories. And then you got church and God as one of those categories. So you have all these categories laid out next to each other, kind of like books in a library shelf, you know, and there are all these different categories. And so what ends up happening is you put God over in a category that's separate. From your finances. You put God over in a category that's separate from your family. You put God over in a category that's separate from your entertainment. But all the while, what's meant to be and what truly is, is that that category uh, is meant to come down underneath and be the shelf or the Mm. foundation that all the rest of the categories sit on. So right. that now God is touching every other category, right? He's yeah. touching your family. He's touching the decisions you make with your finances. He's touching the decisions you make with your education. and uh, He's touching the, the decisions you make with your entertainment, all that stuff. So I think you're right. I think we do put God over in this box and like, okay, we check him off and we clock in and clock out at church. And uh, then when we're gone for the rest of the week, you know, we don't even think about that stuff but God wants to walk and talk with his people.
0: Oh man, I tell you, you're absolutely on point. And I think this really kind of leads to the next question that kind of ties us together, in my opinion. Um, To me, I think is the reason we struggle with that is a lot of times we don't understand where our identity is found. And when we don't find, don't understand where identity is found, it's easy for us to kind of just get caught up in those areas. Like, all right, I'm I'm Jeff Dale. I'm the I'm, the, I'm a worship leader, and yeah. I'm a songwriter. Um, you know, I'm 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 a professor at a college. Yes, you know, and and but when we invite God in, that changes everything. You know, and then we'd say, I'm a child of the living God. You that's know? right. Um, well, that's what I am, and I think that's a big misconception as men we struggle with. Would you agree?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think most of us realize this, but it's sometimes hard to break out of it. We always put our identity into what we do, right? I mean, you know, there's a whole new modern young generation that they're all like consumed with, man, I just want to have a viral video on YouTube. I want to be a gamer worldwide known. I want to be, you know, I want to write a best-selling book. I want to, you know, all these things. We have all these dreams and and things that we want to do because there's this misconception. If we could just do something great, then we could become someone great. Mm. And if we could become someone great, then now we feel good about ourselves. Now we have an identity. But in the kingdom, and guys, men hear this, in the kingdom it works exactly the opposite. You don't have to become you don't have to do something to become someone. You already are someone. You're a son of the king, you're a child of the most high God. And because of that fact, you will do great things but it won't define you. The thing that defines you is who you are in Christ, who he says you are. You are, you know, you are born of God. You are forgiven. You are transformed. You are, you have a purpose, all these different things, who he says you are defines you. And then out of that, we have the joy of doing great things for his kingdom.
0: Oh man, that's well said, you know, because I can relate. I'm going through a job change. Right. Yep. And it's, you know, I had this one position managing a lot of people. Now I'm not doing that now because, yep. you know, contract was coming to a close and that our contract. And um, I'm thankful for God's blessing on that. But it has been a wake up call for me. And I have to remind myself, like, wait a minute. Yep. That's not who I am. That's <laughs> you it. Know? And God's using this for his purpose, you know, and I'm. St- you know, and my wife knows I've been sharing this with her, just like, what, what is it? I'm trying to figure it out. And she's like, you just have to trust God. And, and I think that's the biggest part of as, us as men is having that foundation going back to what you talked about. You have all these different compartments. If you have that foundation where God touches everything, yep. you don't have to worry. The, the, the pressure is off at that point. It's like, that's right. you know, Charles Stanley always, always says this, you know, trust in God and leave all the consequences to Him. You, you know, go. he always says that he always I missed mean, in every message you hear from him. Yep. You know, the pressure's off at that point, you know, but it's hard for us as guys to understand that, that we are like, no, I got to do this. Yeah. And we even do it in church. I got to totally. OK, I, I got to earn God's favor. You know, if I don't show up Monday to help out with with with, with you know, feeding the homeless, or if I don't get over here, you know what I mean? Which is all yep. great stuff. But we think it's like God keeps a scorecard. You yes. Know, and we have to be careful of that, you know, in, I love I love lives. how one of
2: my, my friends, Chris Dupre, says it. he says, you know, we don't worship God to gain his affection. We worship him because we already have it.
0: Amen. That's
2: like a total. That's a reverse of everything. You're like, "Whoa, I'm already loved. Right. And that's why I can respond in love. I don't like that's not that's not the case for every other religion in the world. You're always trying to earn God's love but not with Christianity. He starts with love and then we respond to his love in both loving him in return and then also in obedience and doing what he's called us to do. So it's us responding to something he's Mm. already started.
0: Yeah, that's well said. And, uh, you know, you hit a lot on that in your book and I want to dive into that a little bit, you know, I want to talk about awakening Pure Worship. Um, Obviously, I'm, I'm going to have to have you back on, man, and talk about Spark once I get into that. Um, absolutely, bro. Absolutely, man. So I, I want to dive into this a little bit. What led you to write this book? I mean, we, we probably hit on some of these principles just as we discussed, but I'm sure there's more to it. What led you to write it and why this time?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that I, I, my little like purpose in life that I've written down, you know, my little like one sentence bio is my purpose is to help people grow closer to God. So I mean, it's so simple but I truly believe that that is the number one purpose of life like everybody thinks you know hey I've got the number one purpose of life but according to the scripture as I read through it, the number one purpose in life is to walk closely in fellowship with God and so that's my life calling. Uh, and I, I, I wanted to be able to take people on a journey. I think there's a lot of misunderstandings that happen in church. I picked that word awakening because I feel like a lot of us are asleep on that mm. number one purpose. We don't even realize it. We're think, we think we're trying to do our duty going to church and all that stuff. When God is saying, Look, I just want to get us back to the garden where we were walking and talking together, it's just mm. fellowship, it's hanging out, it's like sons and father and It's friends hanging out, chilling, you know, us and God. And yes, there's a respect component and an awe component and the fear of the Lord component. But man, he calls us into close fellowship. So Mm -hmm. I really wanted to help everybody, but certainly men understand this piece because we miss it a lot of times. Rob, you know this, man, I feel bad. I mean, we feel bad because so many of the metaphors in the Bible are kind of leaning toward the female side of things. You know, you hear things about intimacy with God and you're like, whoa, 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 I don't want to do that, you know, or you hear about, you know, some of our worship songs, they feel like love songs to Jesus. And Hmm. that feels kind of weird to us men. And I get it. And then things like the bride of Christ, like no man sitting around imagining themselves with a bride's gown on you know going down the aisle i mean nobody wants that right so we we sometimes get the raw end of the metaphor deal uh in this thing but but truly it is fellowship hang time Mm -hmm. with god that he's called us to you know and a lot of people might say well well jeff what do you mean i mean like isn't the number one most important thing matthew 28 which is to go and make disciples I'm like, no, absolutely not. 100% no, that is not our number one assignment. In fact, that's what we talked about just a minute ago. That's the doing part of our life. And there is an important commandment. It's called, well, it's called the great commission, right? That that Matthew 28 deal. But the great commission does not trump what the Bible calls the great commandment,
1: Mm. right?
2: So the great commandment, is out of uh, Mark, and it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is about relationship, and so that's the number, because, I mean, you you know, you could argue, go, well, I know, I think the Great Commission is, no, because the Pharisees asked Jesus, (laughs) they said, what is the number one commandment? And he summed it up, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then out of that, you know, out of that relational connection with God that we're supposed to, then we will find ourselves sharing about it. Wouldn't everybody, like if you had a relationship that changed your life, wouldn't you tell your friends? Wouldn't you tell your coworkers? Wouldn't you tell your family members? Like, dude, I've got this relationship with the king of the universe. It's insane. You guys got to try this, you know? (laughs) And so that's just evangelism right there. It's just because you're so connected. I mean, who's going to go share the gospel about a God they don't even know? Right, right. Like there's, no, there's no motivation to do any of that stuff. And honestly, Rob, that is why right. a lot of people don't share their faith, because yeah. they actually don't have a relationship with God. In fact, I would say, as I say in the book, many people have a, a stronger fellowship with mm. church activities mm. than they do with God himself.
0: Man, I would say that's on point. And I'm going to say you're looking at a guy who's been guilty of that for years. I've sure. uh, been heavily involved in ministry for 30 years, you know, like 15 years, youth ministry, heavily yep, involved yep. in men's ministry, all good stuff. But, you know, there was a period Jeff where I was going to church four times a week because I was involved in youth group. I was involved in men's group leading them. And I was involved in the evangelism committee and all these other committees, you know? Um, yep. And it's just like, I felt like, okay, god's got to be so happy i'm doing all this stuff but i wasn't taking the time to be in His presence in that relationship and i could just think what did the pharisees think when jesus said that love your god with all your heart love your neighbor as yourself Mm -hmm. and they're probably thinking okay cool got that and you know or like but but you know what i mean how many times have we done that you know like saying i hear you but yeah you know what i mean it's just like no there's no but the but is gone. so
2: it's so interesting rob too because As people who are in ministry, you and I have been ministering our whole life, right? I mean, my dad has been in Youth for Christ Mm. for 58 years. He's 81, and he's still part-time with Youth for Christ. That's amazing. The whole life of ministry, right? But the thing we got to remember is if you back up to the garden, there was no such thing as ministry except just hanging out with God. Right. The only reason we're supposed to do ministry is because the world is broken. The world is cursed. Right. If the world wasn't cursed and we hadn't had the fall, there'd be no reason for ministry. All we're wow. doing is trying to bring people back to where they were in
0: fellowship with God. That's it. You know, you know what? You just, you just opened my eyes or something. I never even looked at it that way. I mean, I'm just Crazy, thinking right? about it. It's like, We're doing all this works oriented stuff because the world is broken, but God's saying, I just want you to be with me. That's it. That's it, man. That's all that he wants. And he
2: does enjoy doing stuff with us, but doing it together, not okay, God, see you later. I had a Bible study. Now I'm going to go do my stuff. It's like, no, He's I want to be with you all the time. Let's do a Bible study. And then let's go, let's go work and let's go play and let's go see the ocean. and Let's go build stuff. And, You know, let's cut cut down a tree together.
1: (laughs)
0: Right, you're you're doing in the glory of God. That's right.
1: Exactly.
0: And you know, I I tell you what's also helped me out, Jeff, and I. You know, uh, not to get off topic here, but it ties in. We've been very involved in that chosen series, just diving into that. Yes, Uh, and and actually, what I've done is we meet with my family. We haven't done it in the past thirty days. Just been dealing with some stuff with my dad and everything like that, health wise. But we're gonna get back into it come June. Um, but we get together. We, 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 we call it dinner and devotion. So the kids, my kids are all grown and married, uh, but they, they watch it with their spouses and then we come here and discuss it. I got the book and then we'll come and discuss it. And it's been powerful, man. I mean, to me, I feel like I'm getting so much out of that and just how that is written. There's a plug for the chosen guys go check it out because I've never seen the better, you know, getting a better picture of how jesus life really is than just keeping it raw and real yes and it's just just those two things keeping it raw and real and it's just like and it's just him being i just want to be in relationship with you you know what i mean the and whole it, thing leads to relationship
2: you're so right and like look i mean if if there are men out there that haven't watched the shows you're like oh man i hate you know Whew. christian movies or whatever dude i'm telling you I am telling you, it is so well done. And you see Jesus as so, I mean, obviously he's perfect and he's the son of God, Mm -hmm. but he's so relatable. Like to every man out there, we're like, oh my gosh, he's funny. He gets angry. (laughs) He has, you know, hard things happen and all this stuff. And you get to see things in the Bible come alive Mm. in a way that really feels real. Yes. And that you can relate to. I'm telling you, if you haven't watched it, definitely go watch it.
0: Yeah, awesome stuff. But uh, hey, back in your book, we'll get a couple more questions before we let you go. But I want to dive in on page 125. I was reading, um, you talk about the importance of wisdom and how there's no wisdom that emanates the heart of a man apart from God. Can you share why it's important for us as men to grab the importance of true wisdom that comes from that relationship with God? Yeah, absolutely.
2: You know, I don't know. I I may just be too much of a black and white or a purist or something, but I just like, I don't see that there's anything that we can know or understand apart from God. And when I say that, then somebody may be like, well, I mean, what about unbelievers? They know all kinds of stuff. I'm like, exactly. But that doesn't mean that God didn't still give that to them. All wisdom, understanding, knowledge of anything. I mean, he created your brain, So there's nothing that you can know that he didn't allow you to know or that he didn't create, you know? So even unbelievers, though they may not give God credit, he still has given them everything they have, everything you have, any knowledge, any skill, the development of a skill, the ability to invest or build or do Mm. anything, love your kids or anything you have the ability to do. It's come from God, whether you acknowledge it or not. I mean, you can't even breathe without God. He made the Mm. air, you know, so he made your lungs and he actually gave you the capacity to to open your lungs and breathe and think and and live and do stuff. So I would say there are two types of wisdom. And I've actually decided to make a distinction on on this for myself, because for years, Rob, I prayed for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I read Proverbs. Guys, if, if you don't know where to start reading, mm. there's lots of great places, but read Proverbs. You need wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You got to read Proverbs. And so I, for years, was praying for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Well, I've, I've clarified it just a little bit because I realized that there is worldly understanding, which is incorrect, worldly wisdom, which is wrong. So if you just try for any kind of wisdom, you might get that. But you want supernatural, you want spiritual, you want kingdom wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And man, I'm telling you, I didn't know what I was praying for back there in, in those days. And it's changed my life. And I, I know stuff and I'm sure you do as well, That I shouldn't know. Right. Like, I mean, any of the stuff that I wrote in my books, I learned it from the word and from the Holy spirit in right. teaching me Mike through that fellowship that he actually teaches me. You know, if you're like, man, how, how do I learn how to be a good father? Well, listen to this podcast for one, but get a book on fathering. But I'm telling you, right. if you hang out with the father, right? isn't he going to rub off on you? I mean, he's the best father. So he's going to teach you how to father. Isn't how am I going to learn how to do finances? Oh man, Jehovah Jireh. He's the provider. He made money. He owns the cattle or the, the money in on every hill. He owns every piece of money in every bank and you know, cryptocurrency included. <laughs> he owns it all. It's all his. Right. So you hang out with Jehovah Jireh, you're going to learn how to use your finances properly. That's so right. that's what I mean when I, I talk about
0: wisdom. That's awesome, man. You made me think of something that it's, you you nailed it. I mean, just like how God provides for everything, you know, yeah. he just takes care of it all. And it's, it was funny. I had, I had to share it in this moment, I'm old sure it's, <laughs> our pastor was like, they built this big coffee bar and he wrote up there. I'm trying to think what sign to put back on. He wrote, Je- Jehovah Jara, Java. <laughs> God will provide coffee. <laughs> you know, it's just like, Jehovah but, Java. <laughs> and it just made me, you know, think though. it, But think about it. He does, he provides everything, yep. you know. And it's you just, hang out with him. Yeah. He'll teach you
2: any skill that you want to learn, man. I mean, yes. honestly, like it's amazing.
0: It is amazing, man. And, um, you know, you also challenge us as a reader, you know, um, how to understand that you can have that relationship with God without following religious obligations. And we talked about this a little bit earlier about how we worship in our daily lives. But I want people to understand what's it mean to, you know, to have the presence of God with you yeah. everywhere you go. Because, again, I think we, we kind of look at it as, you know, there's only a certain time and a place for it. But what should that look like in the life of, of, a, of, of a follower of Christ, or I should say a believer in Christ?
1: Yep.
2: Well, you know, I think one of the things you kind of mentioned there, you know, we talk about, I talk about in the book, this idea of being in God's presence. Yeah. And and that's one of those things, like, again, you can kind of clock in or clock out, like come to church. We, we, we talk about that word presence, and sometimes it seems like a, a weird, like charismatic type of word or you know, presence. I don't even know what that means, but you got to think of it like this. Like if I'm sitting in a a room on a couch uh, and I'm on my phone and my wife is in the same room, but she is reading a book. Mm -hmm. We are physically in each other's presence. Right. But we're not relationally in each other's presence. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not growing together. We're not interacting. We're not doing anything, but we're in the same room. You know, but so we're still we're there together. We're in each other's physical presence, but not in each other's relational presence. Mm. I think that's how a lot of people spend their lives. They may show up at church. They Mm. may be there at church. But just because you're at church doesn't mean you're actually in God's presence. Now, people might theologically get crazy like what? Well, of course, we understand there's the omnipresence of God, which means that God is everywhere. But there's also the manifest presence of God. The Bible talks about that he could actually move in. In the Old Testament, he would move into the temple. And sadly, he actually did move out of the temple as well. So there's kind of a both and happening there with the omnipresence and the manifest presence of God. So we could be in a church. We could even sing a song and actually not engage with God relationally. You know, you might just like the song or you might enjoy the singing or you might like the people in the room, but that doesn't mean you've actually encountered God's relational presence. So That's really what I want to challenge every man to do, uh, whether that's a time by yourself where you spend with him. Don't just read your Bible, pray, and then leave. Like Prayer is actually fellowship with God. The word, and I say it like this, when it comes to the word of God, we don't read the word of God so that we can know the word of God, We read the word of God so that we can know the God of the Word. Mm. It's a gateway. Like we think of this Bible. It's like, well, I've got to learn the Bible. It's so boring, but it's like, like, no, no, it's not about learning the Bible. It's about knowing God. And that's, that's his handbook that shows us it's his, uh, his gateway for us to be able to enter into understanding who he is. Right. So you got to, you know, some people, when they go to church, there's, there's some group of groups of people that feel like they have to, if they could sing loud enough or cry Mm -hmm. long enough, then God will show up. And I mean, I'm not saying we shouldn't be passionate. I think we should, but I don't think the question is so much. Will God show up? It's the question is whether we'll show up. Right. Right. I mean, like I think God will hold to his end of the bargain. The Bible promises (laughs) us if we draw close to him, this is in James and he will draw close to us. So he will fulfill his end of the bargain. The question is, will we? Will we show up? And so that's what we need to do. We need to know, you need to ask yourself, men, are you present in the presence of God?
0: Mm-hmm. Or are you
2: absent in the presence of God?
0: I mean, that is so powerful because you just, you know, you made me realize something is, you know, when you talk about Jesus being in the temple and out of the temple, you know, the more I think about it, you know, maybe this the Holy Spirit sharing with me at the moment is it's God's way of saying. I can be there and I can be over here. And it's almost like, was that the message he was intending? Like I can be here. I can be everywhere. Yep. I, I don't want you to feel like it has to be in one location. I could be anywhere you are. Absolutely. You know what Absolutely. I mean? And that's, and that's it. It's just like, he's present all around us. It's just, yep. again, are we willing to step into his presence? Yeah.
2: It's funny. Cause it's almost like sometimes we have this idea that God, when we, when we're done with the church service, God's sitting up on the stage and we're walking out and he's and, like, Okay, guys, well, it's great seeing you. See you next week. Make sure you come back. You know, right. come to Wednesday night service. You know, like, right? he's not in the building. He doesn't live in the building. He lives in us. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So he's with us, whether we're engaging with him or not.
0: That's great stuff, man. Jeff, I, I tell you, I really, really enjoyed uh, this conversation. I can go on and on. I want to respect our time together, but I just want to give you an opportunity to share, like, one, um, is there a scripture or Bible verse that God has you focused on today right now from, and what's the reason for it?
2: I'll give you two real quick ones. Uh, Psalm 27 eight is really the theme verse for awakening pure worship, my book. And uh, it says this, it says, my heart has heard you say, and this is David talking. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming that verse is powerful because god is calling each one of you men to come and talk with him the question is what is your response going to be will it be like the warrior king david who said lord i hear you calling me and i will come and then the other one that's been really heavy on my heart these days is philippians 4 6 and 7 you know we are so worried we're so fearful We have so many, we we, we use these phrases like mental health issues and all this stuff. Man, I just want to drive men back to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. This would be a verse you should memorize. Basically, it talks about, hey, don't worry because God is going to give you peace. And then it says that God is going to guard your heart, your emotional health, Mm. and your minds, your mental health. In Christ Jesus. Well, wow. I mean, if that's not applicable to today, so many people think the Bible is like out of date, out of touch. But literally, it's talking about the exact issues that we're dealing with. We have mental health issues, emotional yes. health issues. But the the God of the universe promises us that He's going to guard our
0: hearts and our minds in Christ. Mm. Oh man, that's fantastic. I, you know, and, and you're so right. And the, and, and the scriptures scriptures timeless. And I think you know we have again, kind of restricted it and to say, well, that was then, you know, here, here's what we got going on today. This is, we want to follow this. This, this person's got their latest, you know, way of howing to deal with this issue or that issue and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with it. I believe God gives wisdom to people to do that. And there's people who are, who God's given that ability to to share that message. But if it doesn't lead us back to Christ, then what do we really have? That's right. You know, so, Hey, look, Jeff, I really enjoyed this time. Like I said, um, I want to give you to hitch up with this last question, kind of kind of combine it together. And one, what's next on the horizon for you. And uh, if people wanted to reach out to you to learn more about you to find ways to get your book awakening pure worship or the new book spark, or anything in between, you know, um, I give you the opportunity right now to share that. Absolutely.
2: Well, as you mentioned, the books are are out. Um, The the book spark is a worship leadership handbook. Um, I really think about 80% of it is good for just any leader because it's really about leadership. It's about building culture uh, and and understanding that you actually are always building culture, no Mm. matter if you realize it or not, you know, uh, the culture of your family, what's the culture of your family? What's the culture of your church, your small group? What's the culture in your office? Uh, whatever, is it sarcastic? Is it unified? Is it, you know, a workaholic or whatever, you know, you're building a culture. So teaching people how to build the culture of the kingdom. Mm. Uh, and then I've got some music out there as well. Uh, of course, we mentioned the sonic flood stuff from back in the day. Uh, I actually just last year, I reached, uh, I actually played a piano. So I, I re- uh, released a piano EP. It's kind of just a soothing instrumental album uh, called From Eternity. And it's actually doing really well on Spotify, but people can check that out. And then I just released a re-release an album from 15 years ago. If you like more of that kind of rock worship stuff, Unveil is the album. Uh, It's on on Spotify and on Apple Music and all those other uh, platforms. But I just released that album on vinyl. So if there's any guys out there that have a record player and you kind of have a collection Man, you can go to jeffdio.com. So J-E-F-F-D-E-Y-O, jeffdio.com. And you can order this vinyl album. And I think you'll love it. Uh, It'd be a great collection item for you to to be able to worship God there in your house or whatever. Um, And then uh, also working on, probably in the next two years, I'll be releasing a book called Modern Day Superhero, uh, which is Mm. truly about the power of God, the spirit of God live in us to help us do all that he's asked us to do. I mean, think about it. How are you supposed to love your enemies? How are you supposed to be holy? How are you supposed to do all this stuff that God calls you to do? How are you supposed to be faithful to your spouse for so many years? Well, it's because of the power of the spirit in us that changes mm. everything. So that's that's a book that'll be coming as well. So, but yeah, like I mentioned, people can connect with me on jeffdio.com. Uh, you can buy the books and really most of my music on Amazon. Amazon. Or at my website, JeffDio.com, Follow me on Facebook or friend me or whatever. Uh, Instagram, uh, it's at JeffDio, all that stuff. If somebody's looking to book me or bring me to an event that they're they're hosting, I do a lot of men's events as well. Um, But just anything from a youth event to a worship event to preaching on Sunday morning, all that stuff. They can just shoot us an email, info at JeffDio.com. So that's all the connect points there.
0: That's great stuff, Jeff. And uh, I want to challenge Ben to go ahead and reach out to Jeff, support him. Uh, he's, he's a man whose heart is definitely in line with God's word. Um, and Jeff loves the Lord with all his heart and mind and soul, as we just talked about. So guys, uh, uh, make sure you do connect with him with, with all the resources that he shared. And Jeff, I just want to thank you for being on the Resolute, mind, Resolute Men podcast today, man. It's been been awesome.
2: Thank you, Rob, man. I appreciate it. It's been great. I love talking about this stuff.
0: (laughs) Same here, brother. And we're going to have you back on uh, when uh, when I have an opportunity to go through that book, Spark, and like to talk about that more, man. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on.
2: All right. Thank you, man. Have a great day.
0: Take care. You can check out previous episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join the conversation with us on Instagram and on ResoluteMen.org.